Well, tonight I am excited to be with you and back with you, and I want to also thank Sydney and someone else and Abby for saying hello and hashtag they love Jesus here on my whiteboard. Um, <laughs> so tonight, want to want to continue in our ser- in our series that we've kind of been covering um, on the I am statements of Jesus, and what we're focusing on. I want to just kind of I want to stop a little bit. Can we just stop for just a second? Because I know that like. Four messages in, sometimes you kind of forget there's a series and you kind of forget what the point is. And you might have a temptation to just kind of like lump this into like some category of random things that people say. But I want to take just a moment and I want to remind you, like, let's zoom out a little bit and think that we're talking about Jesus. Quite possibly, and I believe definitely the most important person to walk on the face of planet Earth And and during his life, he made a few statements that I think that we believe revolutionized the way that we do life. And so one of the reasons why we're walking through this series is because every single one of these I am statements that Jesus made, we believe will revolutionize and will flip upside down the way that you've thought and the way that we live. And so that's one of the reasons why we're doing this series is that it's not just we're looking for something to say and so how can we, let's, let's see how we can package all this stuff together. No, it's Jesus made some statements that will flip your life upside down if you grab a hold of them. And that's why we're doing a series on these I am statements of Jesus. Because when he was saying I am, he was saying something that when the people who heard him, when they heard it, they were, they, their, their life got flipped upside down. And so that's why we're doing what we're doing. And sorry if I get a little bit passionate about it, but I'm, I, I kind of get jacked up about this stuff. Can you tell? Okay, good. So tonight, I want to kind of focus in on, on this I am statement of Jesus. We kind of looked at him, I am the bread of life. Got to share that with you guys. That was awesome. Thank you for listening uh, and not falling asleep. And um, the, I am the light of the world. I am the gate. I am the shepherd, the good shepherd. Last week, Matt shared, awesome. And then also, so this week, I'm going to be talking about I am, where Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life. He says, I am the resurrection and the life. And tonight what I'm going to do is I'm going to walk through John chapter 11. So if you have a Bible, go ahead and flip there. Go ahead and take it, open up, find the book of John, and go to chapter 11 in the book of John. If you need some help, find it. Listen, hey, if you're, if you're, new, to, if you're new to church, if you're new to this Jesus, this Jesus thing, you're new to your Bible, like, it's okay to ask where stuff is. It's okay to ask. It's okay to open it to the very front of the Bible and go, okay, let, let me find the glossary, let me find the... the let me find the outline or whatever that thing is and, and find the book, the table of contents. Thank you, my daughter's correcting me already. That's good. Good sign, guys. Great. We're doing, we're doing great so far. Um, there's a whole list of the books here in the Bible, and so you can find out, and it'll even tell you what page it's on. And so don't be afraid to do that. Don't be ashamed to do that. You find your way through the Bible. You're going to learn it. You'll figure it out. It's okay. We're going to be in the book of John, chapter 11 tonight. So I want to go ahead and jump there. And we're going to talk about the I am the resurrection and life. And I'm going to walk through kind of this story that happens that unfolds in, the, in John chapter 11. But what we're going to talk about is, is resurrection. And so it kind of starts here. You know, when we think about the word resurrection, I want you to, I want you to tie this idea to it all night long tonight, okay? I want you to tie this, this idea to it all night long. Kind of a picture right here. So you got, you kind of got, Grass and dirt. And this is very precise, in case you guys are wondering. And that whoop, is a little grave, right? 
This is resurrection. This is what resurrection is. Resurrection is going into a grave, going into a grave, right? Being dead and then coming out of the grave. All right? That's what resurrection is. Congratulations. All right, we're done. Good job tonight. You guys are going to go to... Just kidding. We're not done yet. Um, but that, I w- this is what I want you to think about when we talk about resurrection all night long. I want you to think about this idea, this picture in your mind all night as we're talking about resurrection. And I'm just going to kind of lay this story out for you. It's, 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 it starts here in John chapter 11. And, and basically, uh, and I'm, gonna, I'm just going to start reading in verse 1. Now a, man, there, now a man named Lazarus was sick. He was from Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. This Mary, whose brother Lazarus now lay sick, was the same one who poured perfume on the Lord and wiped his feet with her hair. So the sisters sent word to Jesus, Lord, the one you love is sick. Interesting thing about the book of John. John had talks about himself in the book of John a lot, and he uses this phrase, the one, the disciple, the one that Jesus loved, the disciple that Jesus loved. So I don't know if he was offended when Mary and Martha sent their little thing. Hey, the guy you love, he's, he's sick. But they basically say, hey, listen, Jesus, here's the deal. Lazarus, Lazarus the one you love, is sick. And, and here's what Jesus says. He said, when, when, when he heard this, Jesus said, this sickness will not end in death. No, it is for God's glory so that God's son may be glorified through it. Now, can you just leave that phrase up there on the screen for me? So as this story begins, we find out Lazarus is sick. And Jesus starts off with this statement that is easy to kind of slip by and maybe fall under the radar, but, but it has got, this thing is, this is crazy what he says. And it's crazy how powerful what he says is. Now listen, here's the thing. If you're in high school here tonight, I just want you to look at me real quick and I want you to focus just for a second. If you're in high school here tonight, if you're in middle school, yeah, so if you're in high school, you came here tonight, and, and your thing is, has been, you, you might have been thinking for a little while, hey, like, sometimes, like, I'm here, and it's cool, and it's good, but, like, these middle schoolers kind of get on my nerves. Sorry, middle schoolers, it's true. Um, just kidding. You don't get on their nerves. They love you so much. But if, that, if that's you, right, if that just happens to be you, one of, those, one of those high schoolers, here's what I want you to do. Lock in here for a second with me. Because what I'm about to do is I'm going to take you into the depth of this passage. I'm going to take you into the depth of these words. And I'm going to walk you through something that might blow your mind tonight. And if you're in middle school tonight, feel free to try to keep up. I would love for you to try to keep up. Because here's the thing. If you can grab a hold of this, what you're going to see is that Jesus, Jesus absolutely changes the course of history in verse 4 of chapter 11. When he heard this, Jesus said, this sickness will not end in death. No, it is for God's glory so that God's son may be glorified through it. I'm going to spoil the whole thing for you tonight. He raises Lazarus from the dead. All right? Sorry, you didn't see it coming, I know. But that's what happens. But here's what he says. Jesus says, hey, this sickness isn't going to end in death. But Lazarus dies. And so I'm sure everybody's thinking like, okay, well, dude clearly doesn't know what he's talking about. And when Lazarus dies, they're like, uh, uh, Jesus, got bad news for you. Remember that perfect son of God thing? Well, uh, you missed that one. And by the way, we're still in the easy part. Um, so, 
Lazarus dies, and Jesus walks down the road, and he gets there, and, he, and Lazarus is in the grave, and he's, he is dead, dead. In fact, whenever they go to the grave to pull him out, Martha looks at him, and he goes, hey, listen, um, uh, Jesus, I, I don't think that you should do this. And Jesus is like, what, what's the deal? And she goes, here's the King James Version. Anybody here ever seen a King James Bible? Yeah, you got one in your house? Like, it's got dust on it probably sitting on the, yeah. Okay, literally the King James Version says this. Why, why shouldn't we go open the grave? Uh, because he stinketh. Like, so dead he stinketh. You ever pass by roadkill on the side of the road and you're like, that stinketh, right? You know, like, ever, yeah, that ever happened to you? You know what I'm talking about? That's literally what she says. And Jesus says, no, 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 no. Roll away the stone. And Lazarus comes walking out, alive as can be. And he literally says, he says, take the grave clothes off. In the Greek it says, loose him, free him, unwrap him. They take him off and he goes. We're still in the easy part. If you can walk with this, just lock in with me for a second. When he heard this, Jesus said, this sickness will not end in death. Because Jesus knew that this was possible. Nobody before. Only one dude after so far. But this is possible. Because he knew that even though he was going to die that he wasn't going to die. Now here's where it gets crazy. You know the end of verse the end of chapter 11, it says that the Pharisees decided when Jesus did this that there was no other option than to kill Jesus. He says, this sickness isn't going to end in death. And so Lazarus dies, but he raises him to the grave, but but it does end in death. Because at the end of Lazarus raising from the grave, the Pharisees decided that Jesus had to die. And so it ends in the death of Jesus because they decided in that moment that he had to go. And if you can jump a little bit deeper into that, Jesus is still right because this sickness will not end in death. Because even though Jesus went to the grave, he came out too. And if you want to take that a step further, you went into the grave. I went into the grave. Every single one of us went into the grave. And this sickness that Lazarus was feeling did not end in death for him. It ended in death for Jesus, but that wasn't the end because he ended up being alive again. And that that same sickness, the fall of mankind, the same sickness, sin and death is in me and you. And it will happen to us. And some of us, it already has happened. and, And we will die at one point in time, but it doesn't end in death there either because we will rise again too. And that is where the, the amazing power of this one sentence lies. This sickness will not end in death. Amen? Let's get after that tonight. All right? This sickness will not end in death. It will not end. I love the line that we just sang, right? Our sins are scarlet, but they're made, but, but they're, we are made white as snow. This sickness will not end in death. Again, I'm a little fired up about this tonight. Can you tell? Okay. Here we go. So, 
This is kind of cool. We get there, and, and verse 11 kind of gets down, and Jesus decides finally after two days, he says, oh, okay, yeah, I forgot, man. Oh, yeah, we're going to, Lazarus was sick. I forgot about that. We got go to we gotta go there to see him, right? And he says, look, here's the deal. I'm going to go, I'm going to go there to awaken him. In verse 11, he says, after, after he had said this, he says, let's go. He went on to tell them, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep. But I'm going there to wake him up. And they're like, falling asleep, man. Who needs to wake up? It's just sleep, you know. Like, he's just got to rest and get better. Not knowing he's dead. And Jesus says this in verse 15. He says, I am glad for your sake that I was not there so that you may believe. But let's go to him. And, and I, I just asked this question as I was looking at this passage. Did Jesus, did Jesus let him die? Did he let him die? Is it possible sometimes even that maybe Jesus lets people fall into death? That God will let people fall into death, into what we would call death, but I'm just going to go ahead and call it sin? For the sake of a miracle? Did he let Lazarus die so that he could raise him from the dead? Is it possible that sometimes God lets us fall into sin so that he can raise us to new life again? And, and the question that hit me at the end of that was, where is our concern and our care and our prayer for the people who we think are too far gone or dead? Look, you might be sitting next to that person. You might be that person. That person might be someone you know, someone who used to come here all the time, somebody who's been gone for a while, somebody who you've known for a long time, somebody who was your best friend when you were in kindergarten, and somebody who you miss desperately and you wish that they were here, and you look at them and you think they're too far gone or they're, they're just, there's death all around that. Where's our concern and our care and our prayer? I just, I just made this note. They asked for Jesus to come. They requested his power. And I asked, I asked this question, have you, have you, have you and your people asked for Jesus to come? Have you asked for him to bring life out of death? Have you asked him, Jesus, would you let this sickness not end in death? Scroll on down and Jesus gets, he's almost to the city and Martha comes out to meet him. And, and she, and as Martha kind of comes out, she says, look, if you had been here, my brother wouldn't have died. But I know that even now God will give you whatever you ask. And Jesus says to her, your brother will live again. He'll rise again. Right? Your brother will rise again. And Martha answered, I know he'll rise again in the resurrection at the last day. I get it. He's coming back. And Jesus said, I am the resurrection. Martha had hope. She had hope against hope. Right? Her brother's laying in the grave. He's already dead, and she's, she has hope against hope. She had hope of a future. It's the same Martha, by the way, right, that was busy. Remember Martha? She's busy, right? And she's, she's busy, and she's, she's working hard to please Jesus. And at this moment, she's grief-stricken, and she's looking at him, man, like, what are you going to do? What could you, what, why didn't you? And she believed See, her belief in the power of healing, she believed he could, he could have healed. If you had just shown up two days ago when he was sick, you could have healed him. 
But her belief, her belief in healing was different than her belief in the resurrection because she believed that this was something that would happen in eternity. Isn't that what she says to him? Ah, I got it, man. Like, yeah, I know he's going to rise again when, like, at the end, like, when, whenever it's done. See, her belief in the power of healing was different from her belief in the resurrection, and they were, they were compartmentalized. They lived in different sections of her faith. Her belief in healing and her belief in resurrection lived in two different sections of her faith. One was during life, and one was after death. And Jesus was about to make those two things collide. He says, I am the resurrection and the life. Can we focus on the and tonight? Can we focus on the and tonight? Because there's a lot of us in this room, like when we look at this, we're like, yeah, I got it, man. I get it. Like, right? I go see my grandpa's grave, and I think someday I'm going to get to see him again. We all want resurrection, right? We all want heaven, we all want to be, we all want, all want to come back from the dead and to live with God forever, don't we? Yeah or no? Yeah? Yeah? Anybody? Yeah? Yeah, man, I want that. Can I tell you that that's why I came to Jesus? Some of you guys have heard this story before, but I sat in a room with this high school girl that was trying to share the gospel with me, and she shared with me all about Jesus, and she told me about his story, and she told me about how he died, and she told me about how he rose again, and she looked at me and she said, hey, would you like to come to Jesus? And I said, no, not really. And she looked me in the eyes and she said, well, if you don't, you're going to go to hell. And I thought to myself, okay, how about a yes? I'll go with yes. I'm going to say yes. And so I said the prayer that she said, and I planted my magic bean words, and I was praying and hoping that they would grow a beanstalk to heaven. And I said the right words, because I wanted heaven, I wanted to go to heaven, but can I tell you that I missed the greatest part of that message? Because the greatest part of that message, can you put verse 25 back up? The greatest part of that message is in the end. Look at verse 25. I am the resurrection and the life. Yeah, 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 yeah. Heaven, heaven, heaven. Yeah, 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 yeah. You got heaven. You're going to get heaven. Yes, you get to be with me forever. Yes, you're going to get paradise. It's going to be amazing. You're, I mean, look, I can't tell you. I, I get the question all the time, is there going to be golf in heaven? And I get that question from me. Like, okay, but like, it's okay. I don't know. I don't know the answer to that question, but I know that heaven is going to be amazing because I'm going to get to be there with God forever and I'm going to get to worship him forever. That's going to be awesome. But Jesus didn't just say, I am the resurrection. He said, I am the resurrection and the life, and the life. It's, it's about life. It's not just about life after death. You see, sure, Jesus has the power of life after death, but he also has the power of life before death. A small part of heaven right now. See, finally I came to the place where I understood and I came to know Jesus and he became my actual savior and I actually fell in love with him because, and then at that point in time, I got to live real life now. And here's the crazy part. I 
I got to live in the and. Resurrection and the life. Kind of ties into Matthew chapter 16, verse 25. I think we have that one here too. Um, Matthew chapter 16, verse 25. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me will find it. See, something in us, here's the truth. The truth that goes along with this, something in us has to die in order for us to come to know real life. And what we find is that there is a thing, one of the truths that we're going to talk about tonight is this, that there is a theme of the resurrection throughout the scriptures. There's a theme of the resurrection throughout the scriptures. And, and you're going to have to kind of, you're going to have to walk with me and you're going to have to think through this just a little bit. But if you think about all of these people, there's a theme of going into the grave and coming back out. If you think about it, you know, you look all the way back in the beginning and you have Noah. And Noah goes into the boat in the midst of the depths and comes back out to start, to start humanity over again. And then you have Joseph. Remember Joseph? What happens? His brothers throw him where? Into the pit so he can die. But God brings him back out, right? He gets it twice, right? Because what happens after that? Okay, he gets sold off to slave traders. Where does he end up? Okay, and then he's in Egypt and he's in somebody's house and then, and then they get mad at him and where does he go? Back into the pit to die. And God raises him back up to save the people, right? Jonah, where does he go? Into the end of the sea into the fish, into the depths. And if you listen to Jonah's song, he says, hey, look, I am wrapped, my, there's seaweed wrapped around my head and I am in the depths. And God does what? Brings him back out and sends him on to do his work in the world, to send his message. Daniel. Where does Daniel go? Into the lion's den for the sake of death. And where does God, what does God do? Shuts the lion's mouth and brings him out for God's sake and God's glory. Are you seeing a theme here at all, guys? All right. I'm going to go with letters because I don't have the spelling power tonight. Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego. It's Abednego, not Abednego, Abednego, that's it, okay? Please don't mispronounce it or you're going to make me crazy. I'm sorry, here we go. Um, where do they go? Into the furnace. Spoiler alert, they come back out to do what? For God's glory and his greatness. And then we have Lazarus. Where does Lazarus go? Into the grave. Raised back out for God's glory. Then who we have? Jesus. And where does he go? Into the grave. And where does he go? Back out for God's glory and his greatness. 
There's one more person. There's one more person that goes into the grave, comes back out. You. 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 Me. 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 Because I experienced death. Sometimes I enjoyed it. Sometimes I lived in it. Sometimes I sat in it. Sometimes I dwelt there. And I lived in sin and I knew what sin was and I experienced death. But it says, but the scriptures say that I have been buried with him and raised to new life. Do you realize that that's why when you get baptized up in there, here at our church, in our faith family, that you have been buried with Christ and raised to new life in him? And can I just, just for a second, just want to say that that is the theme. That is the theme of resurrection. And the theme of resurrection in the scriptures involves you and me and you and me. Because we now live for his glory. We'll get there. So the second truth, the first truth is there's a theme, the theme of resurrection in the scriptures. The second truth is this, that there is, a, there is the perspective of resurrection that comes from this passage. And that is this. The first one is that there's, there's the perspective of Lazarus. You think about Lazarus, you know, he's like sick, right? So he remembers being sick, right? So, I mean, he, he remembers being sick. Like, I'm really sick. <coughs> sick. Do you know what the next thing he remembers is? No. The next thing he remembers is standing with like literal like grave clothes outside of a grave. And he's like, what in the world is going on? Can you think about that tonight? Like, what kind of crazy is that? He's like, (coughs) what happened? And they're like, oh, you died. What? Yeah, you died. But, like, how much died? Like, really died. Like, you stinketh died. And, like, Jesus brought you back to life. And it's like, what? No way. Yeah, man. And he's like, I guess I better get after it then. Can you imagine that perspective? But then there's also, like, think about the perspective of Jesus. Like, he's kind of sitting there and he's like, hey, guys, uh, I kind of got this. Like, I kind of got this. And they're like, man, he just died. And you're like, I can't believe you didn't show up. You could have healed him. And he's like, I kind of got this. And he's like, that they're like, oh, yeah, but he stinks. And he's like, I kind of got this. And sometimes we forget, man, that's not how Jesus kind of looks at us sometimes. It's like, but God, you can't. But God, but God, but God. And he's like, I kind of got this. And then there's a the perspective of the disciples. And they're like, they're like, hey, we're just kind of along for the ride. And all of a sudden they're like, what? Uh, did he just? Uh, what? Like, rolled the stone and dude, like, mummy walks outside? I mean, like, and they're like, I mean, they're not really connected to Lazarus all that much, but they're like, I cannot believe what I just saw. And then there's Mary and Martha, and I just want you to think about this. Man, they lost their brother. Can you imagine how overjoyed they must have been in that moment? 
And I'm not talking about, because sometimes like when good things happen to other people, we have this temptation. I don't know about you, I have this temptation, but like to be like maybe even a little jealous that it happened to them or maybe even like indignant, like that, like, hey, look, how come they're getting all the attention? It's like, listen, when he walked out of the grave, they weren't jealous. They weren't indignant. They weren't like Lazarus, man, he's always stealing the show. You know, like they were, they literally looked at him and were overjoyed because they had their brother back. And I just ask you tonight, where are you in the story? Are you Lazarus? Are you the one who you've been sick for a while and this sickness has been growing in you and all of a sudden maybe tonight you need to wake up from the sickness and maybe Jesus is trying to bring you back to life tonight? Or are you maybe the disciples and you like, hey, you need to be looking around at the people who he's bringing back from the dead and you need to be going, what? Them? Because let me tell you, middle schoolers, high schoolers, you know this, but middle schoolers, you're going to walk down this road and there's going to be some people you know that are going to walk away from the faith and they're going to come back to the faith. And when they come back to the faith, you're going to go, what? Or they're going to be far from Jesus and you've only known them far from Jesus and they're going to come to know Jesus and you're going to go, what? Them? No way. Or maybe you're Mary and Martha. And like somebody's been gone for a long time and it's just time to be overjoyed because your brother or your sister has come back and they're alive again. Come on. Third truth is this. There's the truth of the theme of the resurrection, the perspective of the resurrection, but there is the experience of the resurrection. I love that we re-sang that lyric earlier. Because I'm going to 2 Corinthians chapter 5 here. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 17. If you don't have a Bible with you, just write it down so you can get back to it later. But I want you to hear this. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone and the new is here. Do you realize God has made us new creations When we move through the grave, he has made us new creations into true life, into real life, into new life. And when we have been dead and he raises us up, he takes us from old life through the grave into new life and has made us a new creation. The old has passed, the new new has come, and we have actually, listen to this, we have actually experienced resurrection today. Middle schoolers, you might not be able to pick that up right now, but if you can, can you try hard real real quick? High schoolers, you tracking? You tracking? Because God is trying to do resurrection tonight. Somewhere in your life, there is sin, there is brokenness, there is death, and he's saying, hey, guys, I got some resurrection for you if you're ready. Let's go. And it's time for the dead things to come to life and for you to go and to understand what it is to be a new creation, for the old to go and for the new to come. Second Corinthians 5, 18, 20. I just want to walk through the rest of that passage. I love this part. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That was that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. Here it is, verse 20. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors. Ambassadors are people who represent one country while they're living in another country. We are now Christ's ambassadors. We represent Jesus here, even though our citizenship is in heaven with God. 
as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. Can I tell you that he has brought you through, re through resurrection so that you can be an ambassador of the grave, an ambassador of new life in Jesus tonight in this world. We died to sin. God made us alive. We live for him. It's that simple. I didn't say easy. It's that simple. And that, that will be. That is how God moves us from the, it to be, live in the resurrection and the life. You're going to go to small groups. Sorry, I did not give you enough time. If you're there, dive deep quick. Okay, no time for messing around tonight. Go in, dive deep quick, get into it. Don't, you know, look, not everybody needs to hear about your new love. Let's talk about Jesus tonight, okay? Unless your new love is Jesus. Then you can talk about him really quickly. All right, let me pray. God, thank you for the chance to be here tonight. Thank you for resurrection. Thank you for life. Thank you that you've given us both. And God, I ask that it would be real and powerful in the lives of these students in the name of Jesus.